Hello, my name is Charles Kojo Van Dyke. I am the host of Alternative Convos. Alternative Convos is a discussion show at the intersection between social cohesion and social change in Africa. It is an alternative platform, a safe space for alternative views. Today's guest is Caesar Ngule. Caesar is a development practitioner. He's currently the program director at the Kenyan Community Development Foundation. Caesar has over 14 years experience in organizing, planning, implementing, monitoring, and evaluating development programs. He's also highly experienced in community-led development approaches, locally-led development, and strengthening agency within communities. He's had stints with the Makutano Development Association, Aga Khan Foundation, Catholic Relief Services, and Caritas. Today's discussion point is building financial resilience for civil society organizations. Caesar, welcome to my podcast. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. That's quite an introduction. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you left out um, food for the angry international. Um, yeah, but oh, okay. But really, all that uh, is really a description of me. And thank you for hosting me. Oh no, it's my pleasure, Caesar. It's my pleasure. Um, what um so today uh we are talking about financial resilience exactly yeah exactly yeah exactly for for civil society actors yeah uh but before we get into that yes, Lisa, yes. can you just tell me a little bit about your your background how did you get into this space in the first place yeah really i think i think uh, i mean from my young age i i my my mom was uh, my mom was the type of people who would afflict others given a chance I have people around me. I have a aunt who had who had excelled in the development sector, and I okay. used to admire what she was doing, and and all that. My I grew up in the in the in the, in the in the rural areas of Kenya, and, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen I've seen the 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 the, the worst in okay. terms of uh, poverty, and so I just wanted to be that ripple, that that ripple mm-hmm. that that has its own uh, effects. Um, and at a very early age, also after after of course uh, pursuing a degree in uh, community development and social work, yeah, um, I was thrown. I did my internship in a rural community, and mm-hmm. I think that began shaping my ideologies and my preference for working at the grassroots, depending regardless of where I am. Which part of Kenya was that? Um, the community you're talking about. Um, it is it is in a, in a, in a county that neighbors Nairobi, Machakos County. But, Machakos, okay. Yes, but a place called Yata, which which people call the back the back the back of Bakweni, um, okay. the back of Machakos, to just mean it is in the areas that are neglected. Okay, okay, I get that. Um, and of course, then um, from there, I did a small stint at um. um Adakan Foundation as a young development professional. It was an integrated program where we were doing, um, we were being exposed as young people to uh, academics, that is a postgraduate diploma, but very also heavy. 50% of it was actually being placed in a real 
organization so that you also begin to get experience, yeah, like practical yeah, experience. Yeah, yes. And so uh, I did that with Aga Khan. It was a joint program of the Aga Khan Foundation and KCDF. Actually. Oh, at that time? Yes, at that time. Oh, wow. Long time oh, oh, that's a long, that must be long. Uh, okay. Yes, one year. <laughs> okay. But then I left. Uh, okay. I used to do my own things. Okay. I only came later uh, back to KCD when okay. I also picked quite a number of other experiences from different organizations. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Yes. That's exciting. That's really interesting. See that. So, yeah, we're talking about building financial resilience. Yes. Maybe if you could demystify this whole concept of what res financial resilience is and the importance of building financial resilience for civil society. You, you know, this, this saying that, uh, and probably you could even complete it for me, that uh, yeah. you pace, uh, you know, if, you, if you're the person who's paying, yeah. you call the shot. Of course, uh, absolutely. In, 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 in the development sector, uh, what we've seen is that uh, many donors will, will dictate Yes, either hard or soft, but there's still quite a significant um, influence from depending on where the money is coming from. Absolutely. And so, uh, one of the things, one of the things that, uh, one of the things, and, and, and I mean, when you look across the sector in Kenya, is that uh, uh, it is either you get your finances through fundraising from foreign sources. Yes. Or alternatively, you. You file. You will raise funds from local sources. That is, uh, you know, Kenya's corporates and the emerging middle class, even communities themselves, giving, organizing themselves to give for the collective good of their own. Yeah. So, so there are different sources, and so for me, the question that continues to to bother me, the yeah. question that we continue doing something about as KCDF is, uh, how do you, how do you equip uh, civil society actors to yeah. be more resilient mm. financially. Yes. That that for me is the essence of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about diversification. It's about, it's about mm -hmm. like reducing dependency from the traditional sources. It, so is that what it's about? Yes, largely. Uh, and the reason is that uh, is that uh, we we have seen um there's a time, for example, Kenya and other African countries were the darlings of uh, foreign aid and money would just flow. And, 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 but, but that is, you know, when I look at some of my older colleagues, uh, they, 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 they remember that as the old good days. <laughs> yes. Not to mean that today it's bad, it's bad days, but just to mean that that's the trajectory of reduced aid probably heading to a place where it will be insignificant. Yeah. It's already happening. And so and so many, many a times uh when people begin talking about uh, financial re resilience and I do, I do agree uh, others will call it alternative. But for me the reason I use the word resilience is because it's is it insinuates mm. sufficiency and not mm. just the falsification itself. Mm. Mm. Um and so for it to be sufficient, you really need to have a lot of control about the entire ecosystem as a civil society actor. Yeah. And so that is why I have a lot of interest, uh, both as an individual, as does KCDF, and probably if you want, we would delve deeper into some of these uh, yeah. options and watch, watch, watch some of the things that I strongly okay. believe that... That helps make it make organizations resilient. Yes. Yeah, excellent. That's my next question. So what is working? I mean, from your experience working at KCDF, what helps make organizations financially resilient? What is working in Kenya? So, so I think I think the, the first thing people people 
tend to rush to the solution itself, mm. which is uh, probably, uh, and we'll talk about the different solutions there. Eh? But I think for me, the key thing that that is a good, is the strongest recipe for success and what I've seen um, catalyze such success is, uh, one, it's, uh, it's legitimacy and, and ownership. Excellent. And accountability. I don't want to say governance because... Um, I have seen organizations that are also very accountable and they don't have complicated governance structures. Absolutely. Uh, of course, the, the, a lot of people will uh, will argue that uh, the, the, opposite is, the opposite is true, but but it's okay. For me, I'm speaking to what I've seen. Yeah. And so, uh, if you if you want to succeed as a as a civil society organization, the question is, how are you able to inspire? Mm others to join your cause mm. in different ways whether it is a, whether it is a, giving their time giving their resources giving their expertise mm. but also giving you goodwill so that you are able to thrive as a civil society actor mm. so you believe that it's about positioning yourself being of value and then the resources will, will come to you is that is that is that what you're saying where the emphasis should be. Yes, the, the the resources tend to the resources tend to follow people who do what they say they will do. Mm. But also people who manage the perceptions and the, 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 the perception of it because you might be very accountable. Yes. But if you're doing things in an opaque manner or if you're not involving others who could be your you know, could be your mouthpiece. Yeah. If they don't know what was your budget, they're just saying very nice things. Then tomorrow you begin hearing a lot of the uh, grievance that you 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 are very uh, corrupt. Uh, you have a very corrupt leadership, and probably that is not true. And probably that is why many organizations also tend to tend to collapse. Mm, mm, uh, mm. But also, um, I I'm also I also get worried when we talk about financial resilience, and a lot of people tend to run to what is the current dominant source. Of, of course. Funding. Of course. So you run to write a very good proposal to a bilateral or to a, a foundation, yeah. whether whether local or foreign, to a big, you know, corporate foundation. And, mm. and that's okay. Mm. But most of the times it's very difficult for you to show me and to show me organizations that have been funded consistently for a long duration of time by one source or by two sources. Yeah. So how do you how do you as a CSO begin understanding and appreciating other mechanisms that work? Absolutely. But what happens in the sector? A lot of people, a lot of development practitioners who come with a, with a, with a lot of global north influence is yes. that they will come and they will they will invest a lot on local fundraising yes. or fundraising from foreign sources mm -hmm. uh, as a definition of your capacity for. For, for doing development work. Mm. And a little bit of what has not worked very well in the past, which uh, people used to call when I was getting into the sector, people used to call them income-generating activities. Yes, income-generating, yes. And, and those who are complicated, they want to call them social enterprise. Yes, yes. <laughs> Indeed. So for you, uh, what I, I think people will be interested in the stream. Mm. So for you, what is working in Kenya and the places that you had experience? What are the various streams of income that uh, people are really leveraging on that are sustainable? Uh, so, that you're so, so this this is my favorite uh, and, and, mm. and my favorite 
could be argued differently. And, and yeah. it is one area where many organizations have shied away from yeah. venturing into. And, and now, now I'm, I'm speaking to, I know I have the local audience, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But I also know probably I have, we have an audience that is out there in the global. Absolutely. And, and, and for me, it is uh, when you, when you, when you sample, Mm. At your own free time, man. Yeah. Let's go UK, Netherlands, um, whichever country, and sample a few strong organizations, foundations, anything. Eh? Yeah. And you begin seeing that majority of them have endowment funds. Endowment. Yes. Or reserve funds. You can call them reserve or endowment or endowment. Funds. What is this? What is this endowment thing? <laughs> and why is it? Why is it not everybody's famous in this part? I, I I mean we will uh, we will in the next meeting probably we can have uh, a dialogue. Can okay. we have what are some of the inhibitors? Is it a question of of trust yeah. that, that you feel if you if you're coming from the global north and you endow a global south organization, then the resources would be misused. Is that the perception, or is it is it that you're feeling it is too much money that you will not have immediate results to demonstrate that okay. uh, that is a, okay. uh, that is a, that is a, that is a, a problem but of course i i mean there are a few organizations that have ventured into it and mm. i mean Ford foundation has supported quite a number mm. i also know rockefeller foundation has supported quite a number of organizations to set up endowment funds yeah but really for me an endowment funds is and, and and really in its own in its typical definition is mm. really setting aside some significant resources. Yes, but and having a very good, sustainable, risk-free but still good return type of investment. Okay, and a utilization mechanism so that if you've invested hundred percent, yes, um, and then let's say you make X amount of profit every year, you are able to say. Out of the profit of let's say twenty million, I will use uh thirty percent or I will use fifty percent for the work. For the work. Mm. And I will use the remaining balance to grow the principle. Mm. And I will never touch that principle which continues to grow. Excellent. Mm. Mm. Um at KCDF we've taken it even um a, um a step further where we well, we have the Endowment Fund of Kenya Community Development Foundation, mm -hmm. but we've also invited other over 30 community organizations to also build their own en endowment funds, but using our infrastructure so that then you reduce on administrative costs. Okay. And and you also ensure that when, when, there's, when there are challenges, you ensure that with those community partners, if there are any governance challenges that emerge, then as KCDF or any other partner, you yeah. can support such organizations to ensure that those communities for whom the endowment fund was set for mm. will still continue benefiting from the yields. Excellent. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. So for you, I mean, moving moving forward, it, if somebody wants to set up what you call your favorite mechanism, an endowment, what what are the things that they need to consider? So, so one of the things is that uh, because endowment is there and you're doing it for the long term, yes. So you must really also have a very good mechanism of of ensuring that you will exist in the long term. And okay. if, if you don't exist in the long term, then to whom do you transfer your endowment? That was yes, because because I, I mean um, many years to come. Uh, 
we could be in a situation where uh, certain one of the partners feels that uh, we no longer need the endowment, we have dealt with most of the issues. Yeah. They can decide to donate the endowment fund to somebody else or to another community where there are issues. Okay. Um, and actually that is what sometimes I think a majority of the Global North partners who have endowment funds who have gotten to a point where they feel the only way to localize is to wrap up. Yes. Instead of just wrapping up and and and, 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 uh, and you've had an endowment fund, why don't you look for one, two, three other partners in the Global South and endow them and capacity build them a capacity share. Yeah. Really building capacity share with them so that they are able to build their own and to grow their own resource base in a way that is sustainable. Of course, it is not a panacea, mm. so you have to still do other things. Other things, yeah. Um, yeah. You, have to, you have to get into business, but you have to do it very carefully. Um, That's uh, income generation. Yes. Okay. Uh, that is social enterprises. But mm. for it to be of impact, you know, you, you can't, uh, I always say, you can't, you need to do it at scale. You need to do it in a very, almost with a business mentality, Mm. Um, and only then do you draw the profits to your initiative because what tends to happen, uh, Charles, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that people will combine social enterprise and the goodness, our goodness as development practitioners and thinking with their hearts. And that does not work in a business It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And very soon you begin realizing that you are actually getting money from your the money that you fundraise for for, for non-profit work. Yeah. You're actually putting it into the business, mm -hmm. but the business is not giving you anything in return. Mm -hmm. So you have to you have to have the right mindset. You have to, earn, to allow it to be run by people with the right mindset and not money. not typical society oh, people. Don't, 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 don't get don't get <laughs> don't get Caesar. You want you want to make him the the, the executive director of a social enterprise. Yeah. Don't, I don't have I'm not equipped with 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 the skills to run a big business yeah yeah go look for people who have that orientation and that experience and give them that that ability to control and to think and to strategize but absolutely absolutely um you know many of our organizations they may not be in certain positions to do endowments social enterprise so i'm, I'm looking at what are the low hanging fruits of things they could do to attract sustainable sources. Any other things, uh, especially for the smaller community-based, you know, uh, who may be in very difficult environments? Uh, Charles, um, <laughs> they, you'll be surprised that uh, I, uh, my view is that actually those smaller organizations that we are talking about, and I'm speaking this out of what I have seen. Okay. Sure. Um, we we ran a program on grant matching where communities are raising small small money. Yes, um, that's the match funding. That's match funding, okay. and we have begun this. Of course, just because we did, we had a, a period. There, there was a period I hadn't joined KCDF when they I were aggressively, uh, when the organization was aggressively supporting organizations to build endowment funds for financial mm. resilience. Mm. Then we went into a phase of ensuring that those 35 organizations grow. Mm. But now we are at a place where we need to, again, as we continue to grow or to support the current fund, the community fund builders, we want to onboard new ones. And so we are, we are because there's already a very, very good will for communities to give to the immediate. Yes. So what we just do is that we just have conversations and see whether communities are also 
looking at it from a long-term perspective. And as KCDF, we have we sometimes we manage to match their effort. Absolutely. So that if a community is able to raise two million, and this in these communities there, we all come from communities. I come from somewhere, mm. and probably we are quite a group. Yeah. If, if if all these people are organized and you give small monies or medium monies or big money, you, at the end of the day you have a big pot, and it is that which KCDF then supports such organizations to either you match and then they are able to invest. Or some of them can actually, uh, I've also seen some of them raise significant funds that you are able to raise an endowment. As little as one million Kenyan shillings, mm, mm. you can begin raising an endowment fund. I'm told the ones that started those uh, years with two million. Eh? Yes. Currently, the money has grown almost five times. Oh, wow. And they are beginning to give scholarships and to do the things that they wanted to do at the beginning. So it's not beyond... No. For, for all organizations. No, it's not. It's okay. Not. It's not. It, it is. It is. A, it is an attitude thing. It's a mentality thing. Yeah. And I think we are beginning to have those conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, just you know, I always like to end with a, a little call to action mm -hmm. from somebody who's really experienced in working with organizations in these communities. What is the one thing that would be your message to them, in terms of you know, they, they many of these executive directors they don't sleep. You know, they are worried about the future, financial sustainability. What, what, what can you tell them to encourage them? I, I would say, I mean, the, the role, I, I, my call would really be to different people. So mm. I think people have exposure to endowment funds, uh, these asset building where you are generating tangible assets which generate income or which, like if you have an office, if you if you bought off, you've constructed an office block or a school or whatever asset, it means that asset is reducing on your operational cost or another cost, so it's already a donation in, in a sort. So it is a, there's a place for people who have really seen the benefits of that to begin voicing it and mm. alternative models that could be uh, have taken. Uh, people in the global north, majority of them have got a lot of experience beyond just fundraising, mm. uh, into, but they have a lot of experience that have worked for them. Yes. How can you genuinely transfer them instead of just transferring the funding yeah. that you want to give to organization X? Why don't you equip those organizations in the global south? Mm. Uh, or you share your your tricks, your tactics, your you invest your investment yeah. so that you grow other global north actors who will not necessarily depend on you. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, now to the grassroots organizations. Yeah. Uh, for me, the message is always to to try to be the person who begins to do something be before the rest. Uh, it is get ahead of the time. Get ahead of the time. Man. Mm -hmm. um, don't, don't wait until when everybody is building a, has built an endowment and the funding wave for helping people to begin endowment has, has passed. Innovate, figure it out, begin raising money, begin. I've seen some people have already started uh, using, uh, setting up a reserve. Mm. The reserve is almost like a, an un, unstructured endowment fund. Mm. But you see, having a conversation to help somebody with a reserve fund to convert it into a sustainable endowment is easier. Mm. So begin begin somewhere. Uh, look out for peers in Kenya. I mean, we have KCDF, but already like KCDF, I can point you to almost 30 of community organizations that have smaller, smaller endowment mm. funds. Mm. Begin learning from such people. Excellent, 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 Caesar. Thank you. Beautiful conversation. I think this is going to be very, very helpful. So thank you so much, Caesar, for sharing your insights. And I and I wish you well. Thank you. And I wish KCDF very well. I think the future is absolutely bright. 
Thank you, Charles. And uh, yes, I know you are always a friend of Casey, dear. Yes, thank you. Bless you.